I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hey everybody, welcome to Oops the Podcast. I am Julio Gallarati. I'm joined by Francis Ellis. Francis, how are you? Swell. It's good. You're a good man. <laughs> good to see you. <laughs> I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid that I'm gonna like bat, I'm gonna walk into a corner that I can't get out of with the intro that I'm trying to be like as concise as possible. But that was an example of how being too concise can actually hurt you. Yeah, you know, intros are like sex. Um, it's tricky and weird to get into it, but then once once we're in, baby. We're in. We're in. Yeah, we're in. <laughs> well, dude, I went to a funeral the other day, as many of you know, who listened to the Tom Segura episode, which I unfortunately wasn't able to join. Um, and we went to the burial service, and the guy at the cemetery said the most comforting thing I've ever heard at a funeral. He, like, turns to us, and he goes, I want you to know that I will pray for your loved one every day, every single day. I have mass in this cemetery and I pray for everyone and he will never be forgotten. I was like, that is so nice. That is nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah. And it's also, I don't know if I believe him, (laughs) but it was, I felt that it was very comforting and I get that like the mass happens to be for every single person in the cemetery, which is 10,000 people or whatever. It's a big cemetery, but that felt like it was very nice. Yes, yes. Uh, there's a big difference, though, between one guy standing in the middle of a big cemetery and being like, I'm thinking about all of you. And then <laughs> the family of the deceased showing up, kneeling at the foot of the grave, placing fresh flowers down, letting their tears soak through the soil into the bones of the cadaver <laughs> that's very very graphic but very nice as well yes it it, it started sweet and it got graphic <laughs> well dude so this is the first like i couldn't believe that a funeral was allowed to happen i mean things in new york are really progressing nicely to the point where like some gatherings are possible whatever um and i had kind of thought preemptively that like when we got to gather again it would be nice because no one would have to handshake And it would kind of take away the anxiety of like, do I hug? Do I shake hands? Do I do this? Do I do that? But it's actually much worse now because people are still hugging and shaking hands. Right. Even though maybe they're not supposed to be. And then like it may, it has added two or three options to an already endless list of options. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a game of rock, paper, scissors, shoot every time you greet somebody. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and unfortunately, you're trying to tie every time. Right. And nobody can tie. And I find that somebody who approaches me whom I don't know with an open hand for a handshake, I find that aggressive now. Yeah, definitely. Because then I have to be the asshole who says, well, I'm not comfortable touching the inside of your palm. And let's do this instead. And then sometimes they they kind of think, well, it, you know, it's, it's the politicization of it all. 
where they right. they're like, oh, you're one of those people who thinks that this is a problem, you pussy. Right, 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 right. And it's just unpleasant, even yeah. if that person's an asshole. But you're in Colorado now. Now I'm in Colorado. You're on the shirtless tour 2020. <laughs> I am. So do you want to hear about my, my trip? I do more than anything. Okay. So, so oddly enough and hilariously enough, I just assumed that there was going to be a pool here. We talked about this yesterday. There is not one. So I haven't really had to be shirtless. I've just had to look acceptable in a t-shirt, which I feel that I do. Yes. Um, I feel that I look acceptable. So that's good. You posted a photo on your Instagram and, or maybe, maybe your girlfriend did. My girlfriend you did. looked yeah, great. Yeah. You looked Thank great. Thank you. That's very nice. I Socks that. were so high. I don't even I know. know. I know why they were so high. I know. I felt actually really self-conscious about that afterwards. I was like, this is too much. I shouldn't have pulled them as hard. But then I saw, <laughs> I'm serious. I was thinking that I was like, oh, I look like a fuck weeb. But dude, then this morning I saw my friend sent me a link to like a new Nike short and the model, it was from the waist down, had the shoes and socks the exact same way with the shorts, which led me to believe that in fact, maybe I'm more with it than I had originally thought. You know, I, I really trust you in terms of what's cool. Um, and I think that you have that sort of LA Venice beach vibe down pretty well, <laughs> but it's amazing how much sock style has evolved and changed over the years. When I was in high school, we used to wear these, we wore socks right under the calf. You know, right where the calf would start, you would wear it up to that point. And it was just us being lacrosse douchebags. <laughs> it was the lax bro outfit. Uniform. Yeah, social and, outfit. And then I was like, after a few years, I, I thought, oh, God, this is so sad. And what a, <laughs> what a thin performance I'm putting on with my socks, you know? <laughs> And then, and then you, I don't know, then you go to kind of no socks and, and loafers for a while. And then you just sort of settle in. And now, now I kind of just wear whatever's clean and comfortable uh, with nice sneakers or something. But you, you are going so, above dude, the calf. I feel that the long sock with the short, the short sock, I feel self-conscious. I feel like I look like a dreidel. <laughs> I feel like it makes me look fat. <laughs> Like it makes me look, I'm not even joking. So the higher sock, I feel more, more confident with a higher sock. It doesn't need to be as high as it was in that picture. And quite frankly, I, I fought against that picture. Yeah, it's nearly a stocking at that point. Yeah, I'll uh, share the post, I guess, on my story. Ah, it's going to be too late by the time this episode comes out. I think mm. my girlfriend's Insta is private too. But I mean, I'm just wearing long socks. It's nothing too exciting. Yeah, they're, they're um, long and they're, so, they're super straight. Taut. There's no, yeah, there's no fold or break in the sock. Right, right. It's, uh, I don't know. It's Dude, you're right. You were really you're right. worried about them slipping down. And you could, <laughs> yeah. You're, you were right about that. So I have this thing about traveling with my outfits that I think is, is worthwhile. So I like my outfits to be usable for everything. So that outfit in that picture, I'm wearing a black t-shirt, black shorts, high socks. I'm wearing Vans, but I have a pair of athletic sneakers as well. So this is how I pack because that outfit, I can spin it, I can work out in it, I can go to dinner in it, I can literally do everything in it. So I, I try to do that so that I can pack because I'm going to tell you about the rest of my trip. I'm going through many different climates and uh, environments. So I want to be as you know, nimble as possible right. and not have to pack too much shit. Right. So, so you pack for versatility, which is great. I, I had and to. It, yeah. 
Yeah, and it lends itself to packing light, which yes. is such an important Crucial. convenience when traveling to multiple places. Yes. Um, I will say a great source of contention between my girlfriend and me is that when we go on trips together, she overpacks, and then I end up carrying her bag in addition to my tiny little satchel that I've got for myself up and down subway stairs or train platforms onto airplanes, whatever it may be. God forbid we take a flight somewhere where I don't have to check a bag and she does. <laughs> and then we have to wait for her bag. Oh God. It just makes me think you're, you know, who am I trapped? It's not like, am I with Paris Hilton? Am I with one of the Kardashians? <laughs> In that situation, do you check your carry-on? I do. No. I do. Because you're still running the risk of it being lost. But where are you going, though? It depends where you're going, dude. If it's a direct flight, they're not going to lose it. I don't know about that, Julio. I've heard, I've had, that, they, I heard that they do. I've lost bags. I've had bags. Not, you know, they, and then they get them back to you after a day or two. That's good. <laughs> Which, by the way, one time I flew to New York, and they lost my bag, and they said – they're so they're so casual about losing bags because <laughs> they, they seem to know that they're going to find it and they're going to get it to you. Right. They have complete confidence in that. Which is good. That makes it me is. feel better. And it's amazing that in this labyrinth of bringing bags to and from the terminal across the tarmac, thrown on top of one of those buses that looks like a centipede, <laughs> to you know to getting it into the body of the plane and then on on the other side de disembarking the whole luggage all that that the bags don't get lost more often it's amazing yeah and with all of that that they if they do lose it they'll find it somehow they'll get it to you right. and with this Incredible. particular instance i went to the whole you know the little office and i was like the bag's not on the thing. It's gone. And they said, yep, okay, what's your info? Give it to us. We'll let you know. Go home. So I went into an Uber. And I'm not kidding you, Julio. This was when I was living in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. At 2 in the morning <laughs> that night, <laughs> my doorbell rang. Wow. And a guy who was driving a windowless unmarked van pulled up he was at my stoop and he was like i got your bag sign here and i was like what the fuck where did this guy come from in the middle of the night that's crazy i'll never forget it it was so, he woke me up from a dead sleep and had my bag he wasn't driving a car that said united airlines he, he didn't have a uniform on. This was just a guy. Dude, hilarious. So, so, much, for, so much for business hours. I know, I what know. What the fuck, 2 a.m.? Dude, that's crazy. So, so what is this trip you're on this time? Okay, so this is the trip. So essentially, obviously my girlfriend and I were supposed to go to Greece. We weren't able to do that. Um, so her friend invited us to come stay with their family in Colorado. For a few days so we're staying here for four days it's been incredible her family's treating us great they're like taking us out to meals like it's been un like it's, it's crazy i've never 
really experience a situation like that where like the parents are taking care of everything. You know, I'm a man. Like, right. I don't need to be taken care of, but like, I obviously appreciate it. It's so nice. Nice so, to be taken care of. Yeah. Very nice. So here for four days, then we are driving to LA. So oh. we're doing like, a, like another little mini road trip. Um, we're making cool, cool stops along the way um, through Utah, uh, Arizona, down to LA. Um, and then I'm going to Alaska. Oh my God. Yeah, so I'm going, and I think I maybe mentioned this, but I'm going to the northernmost inhabited place, I think, in the, in the world. So it's going to be 35 degrees there. So I have a winter jacket in my carry-on. Wow. Yeah. So, and I'm doing all the Alaska shit, dude. It's going to be crazy. Like, flying onto a glacier, all this, all this bullshit. So I'm very much looking forward to it, but it's, uh, and it's sort of like quenching my thirst for doing, being able to do shit during all this, you know? Is your girlfriend coming to Alaska with you? No. Got it. And going to Alaska is a little bit of a pain in the ass. Like you have to arrive with a negative COVID test that had been taken in the last 72 hours. And if you don't, you have to take one at the Alaska airport for $250 and quarantine in the airport till they get you the results, which could take a couple days. Oh God. Yeah. So Crazy, right? you're going to get it done in LA before you Day head before. to Alaska. Yep. Wow. Holy shit. Dude, I've and always, a friend of, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I've always wanted to go to Alaska. Yeah, I know it's it's just this place of natural beauty and I guess tribes of people. Yeah. Maybe uh, I don't know much about it either. I mean, it's gonna be very interesting and fun. Did you watch Grizzly Man? I did. Yes. That movie is great until it's not. Until <laughs> about halfway in. But dude, I'll say this: uh, like every great documentary, I find the finished product is not what they set out to do. Yeah. Yeah. Searching for sugar man's another good one. That one, Icarus. These are all bicycling one is exactly. Yeah. Uh, But dude, grizzly man's crazy. Well, because I couldn't help myself. I Googled the audio tape of him being eaten alive. So give us a backstory on this first, because so people know who haven't seen it. If you haven't seen Grizzly Man, it's it's it is a very good documentary. It's insane. I mean, it's this insane. guy who basically thinks he's a bear or is a friend of the bears, and is and a conservationist, but with the sensibilities of a young child. So he thinks that um, animals are humans' friends, and that he can kind of communicate with animals, and he's not wrong. Yeah, he's incredible. Like, he goes to Alaska, (laughs) lives off the grid, he's camping out every night, and a fox becomes his cat, basically. (laughs) A fucking fox. And then he goes swimming in the rivers with these grizzly bears. He's rolling around with them, wrestling with them. He really does kind of ingratiate himself to these bears. And then, of course... I'm not, well, I, maybe I'm giving the movie away by saying this, but it's he so gets, well known that yeah, yeah, he gets eaten by a bear uh, <laughs> halfway through the movie. He gets eaten by the bear. Yeah, he gets eaten by a fucking bear. And it's like, <laughs> well, saw that coming. Um, and there's audio tape of oh my God. him being eaten and they don't air it in the movie, but they have a scene of, I think it's Werner Herzog made the movie. Um, I think. Yeah, it's him, and then he plays the audio tape, or he gets to hear it, and they show him listening to it. 
And he's like, this is the most horrific thing I've ever heard. And so I couldn't help myself. And I actually, somehow I found it online. Wow. He and sent it to me. I listened to it and it is so bad. It is so haunting. It's so haunting. And, you, send me that. you know, he's screaming and he's like beating the bear with a pot. So it's clanging <laughs> off oh his, my God. the bear's for. I mean, it's really graphic oh and God. horrific. <clears throat> um, but that is always my enduring image of Alaska now is grizzly man and then him being eaten by a grizzly. So you, know, you know what's funny about that? I, every time I have this discussion and I'm like, dude, obviously he was going to get eaten. There's always a person who's like, it was his wife who brought the snacks onto the, his wife brought food. It wasn't his fault. Yeah. <laughs> his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. They Her both girlfriend. got eaten. They both got eaten. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I did, I had forgotten that piece of information but that's a pretty uh pretty sad thing to place the blame on her it's fucked up man yeah but i mean it's it's awesome it's awesome that you're going there um it's gonna be sick i'm excited have you you know i know that when you did your trip through the continental united states i guess because alaska is not part of the continental united states i guess technically not no because it doesn't connect technically right so when you did your trip through the, the Midwest and whatnot, you mm-hmm. were flying by the seat of your pants a little bit. Very much. But with Alaska, I would think you have to be a bit more predetermined. It's very booked out. Like Good. every day has, a, has an itinerary. Um, and I, I have a friend coming who was like sort of on the fence. And I was like, dude, I will book everything and I'll pay for everything up front. You can pay me back. Cause wow. like, I don't, I don't want to do it alone. Like I, it would just be, this guy's my friend, Andy, he's a funny guy. It'll be funny to do with him. Uh, he seemed like kind of enthusiastic about it. So we're going and yeah, I have a pretty strict itinerary. Um, that's much different than, and I kind of did too when I was driving around, but that was definitely more flexible than this. Good. I'm glad to hear that you've got it planned a bit because Alaska is a, is a wilderness and I wouldn't want you yeah. really falling off the grid there. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. So, dude, this is the thing. Like, a lot of the national parks, you can't really get to them, like, because the roads are not that good and you're not allowed to take the rentals on the dirt roads. And you're like, oh, well, why can't I take a, dirt, a rental on the dirt road? But these dirt roads have, like, spikes and fucking, like, I ever was reading about it. Like people are known to get like three or four flat tires on one day of driving. Wow. Which like, fuck that. Totally. Totally. Felled trees and (laughs) potholes the size of, I don't know, just massive. It's all logging roads and shit, right? Yeah. It's back country. So country. Awesome. Well, uh, well, well, uh, we, I have, I don't know if you have more to say about that. Do you have more Alaska stuff? No. Okay. So, for, uh, Chris actually has a wonderful gift for you. Chris, hey. if you want to hop, hop in here, 
oh, I, I got to bring up the gift you gave me too. Uh, we're just gift giving. You guys are the most thoughtful people. Chris, Chris hit us. Hi, so Chris. You, you don't really like the modern day rap music. No, I you don't. can't really work out to it. So I made you a playlist. Yeah. <laughs> no! What's it called again, Chris? What's it called? It's called, uh, I'm going to post it on like the Instagram and stuff. It's called Francis's new rap playlist. New rap oh, workout. But it's of new rap? Yeah, for songs you listen to while you work out. I'm so, we so think glad. Maybe you like. Yeah, Chris, make sure you post, hard post it with yeah. all the all the tracks dude i really appreciate that that is such a good gift for somebody <laughs> it really is I, I i'm somebody who with a with a workout playlist I, I i beat them to death like i work out to one workout playlist for months and months and months and eventually i don't even hear the music anymore <laughs> um but right. that that kind of ingrained rhythm and knowing which track comes next i can help align it with where i'm at in my workout interesting and instead of like looking at a clock i know okay i'm on pace i'm i'm almost up i'm done you know i'm on who let the dogs out dude, dude <laughs> i got uh, two no more joke. sets to go yeah yeah my my <laughs> the workout that i i used for i think it was like fran's best hip-hop playlist or something i had on spotify for a long time would start with um j cole's no role models oh, that's a good one don't um, save her yeah or it was that one or it was like i'm an economy out they can't even hit it oh yeah that's a good one too that one is really good and i would i would start my workouts on the treadmill and i would always run a mile as fast as i basically could as my warm-up which by the way i do not recommend it's not a good way to work out but i would just do it and <laughs> by the second or third chorus like i knew okay now i'm almost done and it, by tracking it along with the music i got to the point where it made it easier to get through the workout it's like some kind of muscle memory yeah but i'm so sick of this fucking workout playlist and it's you know so i'm really excited thank you chris that's a very kind thing to do it's like uh when you would give you know, your high school girlfriend, uh, a, a playlist or a, a mixtape on Valentine's day. Cause you didn't want to spend money. <laughs> yeah. Sweat equity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. great. Actually right now it's like an hour 45. Do you work out longer than that usually? Or God, no. What are okay, you trying to kill I'm me? Just dude? Just... <laughs> <laughs> hour 45. Just making sure you got enough. No, that's cool. I'll do, I can do like, you know, the first half and then one day and then the second half and there'll be variety. That's good. That's, that's great. Hey, um, the other gift that Julio sent me, and this is, this is classic Julio. I mean, <laughs> this is, this is exactly who we all know Julio to be. You may recall from a few episodes back, that Julio was talking about wanting to visit all of the United States. And I made some wise crack about how my United States quarter collection was almost complete. And maybe we could compete if I could fill my quarter board before he saw all the States. And he asked me which quarters I was missing. And I very offhandedly said North Dakota and Hawaii. And a couple days later, a package arrived, two packages <laughs> arrived at my house, at our house in Maine. And it was 
those two quarters and not only those two quarters but they were they arrived from like coin vendors off of independent sellers of like vintage <laughs> and hard to find coins on Amazon in these little collectors sleeves to protect oh, no them way. dude That's these sick. quarters were untouched That's they had sick. been buffed and spiffed <laughs> and spit shined and they were so pure and so now i have i have all the quarters i have all the quarters and i fished out the quarter board which was in the uh top bookshelf of my childhood bedroom and there they were the, the empty slots because i had given up on it and i plugged them in and uh was kind of expecting some kind of like wormhole to open or portal <laughs> or maybe maybe a genie to appear and nothing, nothing happened <laughs> yeah. um be able to was, go back to 1973 vinden yeah exactly 19 1986 <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> speaking of which <laughs> We are halfway through the season one finale of Dark Last Night, oh, which nice. is the hardest show to follow. And there yeah. is so many strings are coming together. So many resolutions are being found that, you know, you feel your world clicking into place. And my girlfriend falls asleep. Ooh. And she's like, can we, can we stop? I'm asleep. And we have a rule that if one of us is really tired and falls asleep, like we're going to cut the cord on TV for that night because nobody wants rule. to be forcing themselves to stay awake just to watch TV. And we, we stopped it. But through the, through the fucking season finale. Oh, that's tough. It was brutal. That's tough. That happens to me too, dude. Like I'll, pu I'll push it and then I'll get to the season finale by like five in the morning and I like struggle through it and don't enjoy it. Yeah. So it's good that you at least stopped early. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to, to get more answers tonight, but the point yeah. is uh, thank you for those quarters. And you know, you are a man of acts <laughs> of, of kindness, acts of service, right? <laughs> you ever, you hear about the love languages, you know about those things? No, no. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Like contact. And I've heard a little bit about it. Yeah. Physical touch, physical contact, words yeah, yeah. of affirmation. It's just a thing that, you know, fucking women came up with to <laughs> make us better boyfriends, sell stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Books or have, have conversation on pop podcasts. I feel like, um, but you know, th there is some truth to it, which is that like, I guess everything you do, words of affirmation, acts of service physical touch uh gifts i think is one of them yeah giving gifts to people so i think giving gifts you are somebody who's very good at giving gifts you do these things uh and you follow <laughs> through on them and it requires legwork i mean you had to dm my girlfriend to get our home address here and then you yeah. bought these two <laughs> separate coins on amazon and you sent them with a note and it it means something it mean, it tells the recipient this person is thinking about me. This person is cares about me, and not only that, but you had listened so intently to a, a, a ten second exchange that we had on the podcast, <laughs> and we've had hundreds of hours of conversations yeah, at this it's crazy, point. Right? Yeah, and it, and it really, I was like, wow, this guy's the real fucking deal. It was great. Thank you, <laughs> dude. I love being referred to as the real deal. Feels very good. So I appreciate. Yeah, that. yeah. Hilarious. And it made me realize I need to do better, you know? <laughs> I need Dude, to do what, what better. what are you talking about? Absolutely not. That's well, not how it works. Here's an example. Um, when I went out and played golf in the Hamptons this summer, 
I was treated to the round at this very fancy place by a guy I knew. And then afterwards I asked him if I could, you know, send him some money. He wouldn't let me. And I then asked him for his home address because I wanted to send him a little something. And my intention was maybe to send a bottle of wine or at the very least a handwritten note. And he sent me his home address. And this was like two months ago. And I still haven't sent him a fucking note. (laughs) And I think about it all the time. I think about it all the time. And I just cannot get myself to some weird gift shop in Maine that'll sell me a lighthouse postcard that I can then write it and then put the stamp on and send to him. Who was the guy? Was this Shinnecock? No, this one was at the, the this was Sabonic, but it was okay. he, the other rounds were all kind of an extension of that uh, connection. Gotcha. Well, dude, Hamptons, this is an interesting thing that I realized the other day. I went on a boat, um, and this boat was a million dollars. Okay, it was a million dollars. And for a million dollars, dude, I expected this thing to be way bigger and like way nicer. Boats, boats are insane, ridiculously expensive. Which makes me think it's not even fucking worth it. I don't want to own a boat if a million dollars only gets me that. Okay, so, so tell us about the boat, okay? Tell us about the boat. Okay, so it has four engines on it or whatever, propeller things, whatever those things are called. Um, yep. it's nice. It's really nice. Like it's no, no. fast. I mean, how, how long is it? You know, is there an indoor cabin? Is there yes. a bathroom? So there's a, there's a pretty nice indoor cabin. It's pretty nifty and high tech. There's all these like gadgets, a, a grill pops out of it. Wow. All right. Yeah. Well then now you're really fucking talking. Yeah. All right. You're so talking, this is cool. You know, exhibit pimp my boat. Hey, exactly. Yes. This is pimp my boat. <laughs> And dude, like in the front, there are these seats that you can like sit on. They kind of make you feel like you're flying through the water and like all great things. Really great. But dude, a million dollars. That's a lifetime of family vacations. You can buy you and your family vacations and then some for your whole life. And I'm talking lavish vacations multiple times a year. Like what's the point you need to have the boat? And like, these are my very good friends, like people that I live with, uh, essentially, like they have this fancy ass fucking boat. And they, they need like a captain to drive it for them too. Cause it's new and they don't know how to do it. So they hire a guy to drive the boat. They can't even right. drive it themselves. Like how much money do you have to have to make that a purchase that makes sense to me? It would have to, I'd have to be so wealthy to be able to be doing that. Right. Okay. So, so lots, to, lots to tackle here. That's my <laughs> trademark phrase. Um, trademark. Lots to unpack here. To so unpack. here's the thing. You can't quantify or commodify happiness, joy. Yeah, true. You can't put a price tag on it. And what I mean by that is you said a million dollars is a lifetime of family vacations. And that reflects how much you love to travel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's when you think of a million dollars, the fact that your mind immediately goes to how many family vacations you could take with your children <laughs> and your wife or whatever, that's, that's a wonderful thing, right? Mm-hmm. But a, a different family might derive equal joy from having that boat and not going on family vacations. Right, right, right. So this, just, this is not, not taking into account the fact that they just have enough money that they can do both, clearly. That a boat yes. is a blip on their radar financially. Um, 
you'd have to say that, you know, let's say that two families of the same amount of money, one family might get just as much happiness from that boat as another family might uh, from going twice a year on sick vacations. Right, right, right. Fair points. Yeah, we can't really, we can't really say that. Now, if it were me, right, there's, there's a big difference between, um, like a yacht that right. you can comfortably sleep on. And I'm not talking like totally. Roman Abramovich yacht. I'm Absolutely. talking, you know, a yacht that has like a sick bedroom in it where you're not climbing into the bed and the ceiling is two feet above your head. You're not yes. in like a fucking bunk. Yes. Like you almost don't know that you're on a boat. Yes. When you're inside, right? Yes. That level of a boat, that is, that is sick. And that's got to be $10 million. At, at least. At Crazy. Least. Yeah. And then that versus, you know, the boat we have, which mm. might have been like, I don't know, I'm going to sound like an asshole here. It might have been like 60 grand. Right. Which, which was really expensive for yeah. our, you know, our family, but was a huge step up from the boat that we'd had my whole life, which we bought off of my grandmother when I was five years old for $6,000. Wow. And was one of my favorite things in my life. Right. Had a 100 horsepower single motor, um, could comfortably seat like you could bring six people on the boat if you, if you wanted to squeeze a little bit. Um, and, but it didn't have like couches. It didn't have any real comfortable seats. It had a seat for the driver, a seat for the passenger. And then in the front, you could seat like two people on either side. Yeah. Um, whereas the new boat, you know, has like uh, built in speakers and there's a depth chart and there's a little bit more automation, uh, you know, and there's a, there's actually a little tiny, tiny bathroom, just a single use thing that you can duck into if you really need to. Um, and it's such an upgrade for us. Yeah. My point would be, unless I were able to go from the boat we currently have to one of those yachts. Right. You wouldn't upgrade. The, the middle tiers are not worth it. Pointless. Agreed. Absolutely. Now there are some exceptions. If you love sailing, right? A 200 or $500,000 sailboat. That's a very different experience. What about a fish? Fishing, fishing, exactly. If you're an avid fisherman and you need to go miles off the coast and you need all of that gear and equipment and stuff, then you're talking about different costs. But for day boating, day boating, which is what it sounds like your friends are doing, uh, I can't justify spending $1 million on that. Agreed. 100%. Also, I thought you just said gay boating and I was like, that sounds fucking awesome. Does sound fun. Some gay boating. Sounds like the sort of thing where you do not need to wear pants. <laughs> and also sounds like the type of thing where I might be shunned for taking my shirt off. I need three more <laughs> weeks in the gym. <laughs> well, dude, I've been on a yacht one time. And, uh, well, actually, that's not true. I've been on a yacht a couple times, but it was the same one. And it's okay. so sick. I actually shot a music video on it. On it and if you guys feel frisky <laughs> and want to dig, it's a Lil Young Big 360 virtual reality music video. And if you have an Oculus, I highly recommend watching it. It's pretty cool. Anyway, this boat was so sick. But again, I was like, this boat is amazing. 
But even that, I was like, it's not that amazing. Like, it was amazing. It was incredible. You do all this stuff on a boat. But, like, for the, I couldn't even fathom how much it cost. It was, like, 80 feet or 100 feet or something. And, like, had all this sick shit in it. But I was like, I can't imagine how much this costs. And, like, I just don't get why boats cost so much. I'm sure it costs a lot to make them and all that stuff and the technology, whatever. But it's hard for me to, to process, especially not knowing a lot about boats. Yeah, I, I really do wonder about the, um, you know, the markup on boats, the, it seems like almost, an, you know, it's like those, when you hear about fucking Tory Birch handbags, yeah, you know, it costs like $12 to make right. them and they sell for a thousand. Right. And you're like, well, if you know that, then why the fuck are you buying it? Yeah. Why um, the fuck are you buying it? And dude, but with the boat, it's such a luxury that it makes me wonder how much, like, does that mean you would mark it up more or does that mean you would mark it up less? Like, I, it's a hard thing to like. Right. So, so it does make you wonder, yes, like, you know, is this thing a floating pile of junk or, <laughs> or is it worth close to what it's being, what I'm paying for it? Right. But here's the thing. I remember, you know, like if you have a yacht and you can tell your crew, hey, sail on down to Aruba and then we're going to take the private jet down there and meet us and we're going to spend a a week or two sailing around the Caribbean islands, St. Bart's, St. John's, and we've got a chef on board to cook us dinner and then we can just take a little dinghy into shore to explore some local beach bars when we want. That sounds like a pretty dope vacation if you have the means. Um, Similarly, I remember that when Tiger Woods was playing in the U.S. Open at Shinnecock a few years ago when Brooks Kepka won, rather than rent some Airbnb, because there really weren't that many hotels that were available in the height of summer in Southampton, um, rather than do that, he just brought his $50 million yacht, parked it at a marina in Southampton, <laughs> And then was a 10 minute drive to the golf course and was able to avoid traffic and all of that because of this. And that sounded very efficient to me. You know what I mean? Like that was an effective use of a yacht, but otherwise yachts like anything, you're always looking at the guy who has the next tier up. Right. And you get your yacht with a fucking jacuzzi on the back. And then the next guy gets one with a helicopter landing pad. And all of a sudden you think your dick is small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You got to imagine that there's some of that going on in those circles. Yeah. Of course. So um, you're, you're constantly being, being one upped and you can't keep up, but anyway. Totally dude. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking yacht life, dude. Not yeah. for me. I think ultimately it is cool, but yeah, I don't know. So, so, so yachts, yes, I don't think that, I mean, that's, that's just like, if you have, if you have so much money that you can't spend it because it's invested and you're accruing from your invested money, more money than you can spend in a given year. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And you're not that philanthropic or you are, (laughs) but even then you don't care. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Yeah. Buy a yacht. Sure. But Private air travel, which is, you know, goes hand in hand with owning a yacht, is awesome. Yeah. The difference yeah. between private air travel and commercial air travel 
versus yachting no and like going out in a day boat that you own. Uh, I don't know. I can't speak to it because I've never been on a yacht, never owned a yacht, but you're like, to me, if, if I had to choose one or the other, I would say private jet. Over yacht all day, dude. So much. All day. Let me ask you this though, dude. I mean, I imagine that ha- the taxes on a yacht must be crazy. The upkeep must be crazy. You have to have a crew. I feel like everybody who owns a yacht, most of those people rent, like charter it to people. I wonder. I don't know. Right? I don't know the answer to that. But there's that age old saying of if it floats, flies, or fucks, rent it. <laughs> that is a savage saying. That's have hilarious. you heard that? No, but that's great. <laughs> rent, don't buy. If it floats, flies, or fucks, rent, don't buy. <laughs> that is fucking nuts, dude. It's a good saying. I mean, you know, obviously it's a little probably misogynistic yeah um, i can imagine just a, a dinner table of men chuckling wealthy men chuckling about that yeah. while with cigars in their mouth yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> fucking women huh yeah Great. no but i think i think for the the planes i mean now you've got these timeshare services for private air travel like the wheels up and the net jets and stuff and as expensive as they are they're still a fraction of the price of actually owning a jet which requires, you know, enlisting two private air captains to be at your beck and Crazy. call all the time, owning a hangar. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is the, the fuel cost, all that shit. It is astronomical. Yeah. Uh, so I, but you know, the wheels up stuff, the net jets, all that, that's, that's a, that's like an Uber version of that level, you know? Yeah. Whipping the PJ dude. Be cool. Awesome. Um, so, all right. I have, I have one question for you before we get out of here. Hit me. And I want to, well, it's, it's more of a topic that I want to just broach with you. So, let's get in there. um, I came to a realization recently, a lot of, for most of my life, it really mattered to me that everyone liked me. Mm. Um, and it's not that now that I'm 31, well, here's what I would say. It occurred to me finally that there are just going to be people that I meet or that are in my world who aren't going to like me. And that no matter how hard I try, no matter what I do, I may not be able to change their mind. Right? Right. And, and dude, if, I, anyone can, if anyone can change someone's mind, it's you. You're very good at well, that. Well, that's very sweet. But you know, I don't agree. I don't know if I agree because there are just people who, who you're going to get it wrong with. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe through no fault of your own. And we've talked about this before in, in our professional circle, there's a person that I just constantly don't get it right with. Everything I say seems to be like, you know, the wrong thing for this person, even if clearly I didn't mean it to be that way. Yeah. Um, and so they've made up their mind. And then from that point, everything you say only enforces their hatred of you. Right. Right. And it's but, also an interesting thing that you've made up their mind. You've made up your mind that they've made up their mind, which is, you're probably right, but that's an interesting layer to the puzzle. Well, you can only roll the hill up the, the, the rock up the hill so many times. Yeah, totally, right. I mean, totally. the Sisyphus thing, like I, I'd rather cut my losses at a yeah, certain point. Totally. And totally. just say, okay, like you're going to hate me and so be it. And 
I'm going to try to limit my time in the same room with you yeah as much as i can <laughs> so i don't want to i don't want to be around people that hate me and i'm not saying that i categorically hate every person who hates me right. but right. i it's not pleasant when right. you right. when you approach a circle of people and you know one of those people hates you and you just watch them grimace <laughs> um totally so yeah but here's what i would say what i've learned and what i've come to think is you don't need that many people to like you. It's true. You need people to like you, but you don't need that many. Yeah, that's, that's which means, and, and I'll expound upon this or expand upon this. You, you don't need um, every, you certainly don't need everyone to like you. And I right. used to, I, it used to upset me if I, if I knew that not everyone liked me. I was, you know, young and sensitive and all of that. And as life grows, and, and especially maybe in this time, my exposure to people has gotten so much smaller and I'm still happy. Mm -hmm. So how many friends do you need? Dude, totally. Handful. How many friends in life? I, I, I got to the point where I was like, I have too many friends. Right. And I'm not bragging when I say that. It's like you can't maintain friendships that well yeah, with a lot of people. And the totally. older you get and the more of your focus is required for your relationship or for your parents, your family, the less time you have to spend, you know, keeping up meaningless friendships and text message conversations with people that don't really move the needle for you. Absolutely. And so I think you need like outside of your relationship and your family, you need like four or five people that like you. Totally. Totally. And then everyone else. Fuck them. So long. Yeah. Totally. Who cares? Totally. And I think, I you, think, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, no, you first, you first. If you can get, if you can make peace with that, and realize how few people you actually need to like you, then you, it's, it's a, a very freeing realization. Totally liberating. I think yeah. the, the, that four or five people that you're talking about, I think it's important that these are people that you are comfortable being your absolute self around, people you could be in the car with for 45 minutes without talking. You know what I mean? Like people who you are so comfortable around, but you really don't need more than that. Then you can just, right. everybody else can be acquaintances. You can hang out with some people when you want, whatever. But it's interesting that you're saying this because I agree. And, and this is partially why I think that th it starts to become more okay as you get older. I think that, you know, in your 20s, for me at least, I'm trying to figure out who I am, what I, what I am, what I do. And I think by having people like me, it validates that whatever, I, whatever I'm on the path to being, I'm doing it right because other people like me, therefore I must be doing it right. Now that I'm more comfortable with myself and I understand myself a little more and I've kind of like accepted who I am to a, degree, to a degree, I feel less need for validation and therefore I need fewer people to give it to me in order to be happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? And I think that's great. And, you know, there were, you don't want, if you, if you have your five people who like you, let's say, you know, your five people that are going to be up there with you during your wedding. Fab five. 
Yeah. And hopefully, <laughs> you know, there are significant others also like you so that you're you as a couple or a yes, unit, you can nice. hang out and everybody gets along. Um, it's not that the other hundreds of people are going to hate you. you. You shouldn't have that. But if they don't have an opinion on you or they're neutral about you, that's fine. Totally. It's fine to not be everyone's favorite person. It's fine. I don't know why. Maybe this, maybe this is obvious to people. No, maybe this it's is, like, dude, this is not. This is good. This is good stuff. I think this is going to make people feel good. Well, it, it, just, it just made me realize I, need to, I, I don't need to waste my time, um, you know, checking in on people or keeping up with people that I have no intention, that I'm sure I won't be in contact with in five years. Right. Dude, Who cares? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a nice thing to, to try to like use and be aware of and practice because it can really free up a lot of brain space and energy. Yeah. So I think a lot of people float from one fleeting sort of immediate friendship to the next, especially in entertainment, man. Yeah. And they they think those are friendships and there's that excitement in friendships in just in the same way that there is in relationships of, this is new. This is fresh. You know, let's talk. I really like this person. And then, of course, you don't actually have the roots. Yeah. And the, yeah. the hardships, the shared adversity or whatever, or the time that you've spent together to lay down roots such that you can go a whole year without talking and then reconnect. And, and it's as if you picked up right where you left off. Um, and and that's, I, I just think that that way of living is, is not fulfilling. It's not. It's like some middle school shit. And I see it all the time in entertainment. My comedy friends who all of a sudden are best friends with somebody. They're posting pictures constantly. They're commenting on all their shit. It's so contrived. They're trying to like align themselves properly. And like it's hollow. And like it's, you know, I don't know. A lot of falling outs. And that's kind of. A lot of falling outs. Got to take your time. um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm totally with you, dude. It's uh, so. Listen, if anyone's out there sweating the fact that a, a new friend is. They're not getting along with that new friend as well. Just say, fuck them. Fuck them. And (laughs) like return to your five, your fab five. The fab five. That was well said. Yeah. Love it, dude. Awesome, man. And with with that, why don't you, why don't you sing us out here, G? Love it. Uh, Oops, the podcast guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Check out our YouTube, send us emails, DMs, oops, the podcast at gmail.com. Oops, the podcast on Instagram. I'm Adna Julio. He's at Francis C.C. Ellis. We love you all and uh, enjoy yourselves.